Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. We want to welcome our podcast listeners. Um, We love having you check in every week, so we pray today blesses you. I'm going to start with something hopefully funny, hopefully funny. I've got two, just in case one fails. Thank you for the people who have sent through jokes this week. They haven't made the standard, in my opinion, but they are definitely, <laughs> definitely getting better and better, so uh, keep them coming. All right, so here's the first one. If Mary had Jesus, and Jesus is the Lamb of God, does that mean Mary had a little lamb? A dollar bill met a $20 bill, sorry, a $1 bill met a $20 bill and said, hey, where have you been? I haven't seen you here much. The 20 said, I've been hanging around at casinos, went on a cruise, did the rounds on the ship, back to the United States, back to Australia, went to a couple of games, sports games, to the mall, that kind of stuff, how about you? And the $1 bill said, you know, the same old stuff, church, church, church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that's not our church. That's not our church. We're we're the church of the $20 bill, not the $1 bill. So, um, yeah, we have have a generous church. So thank you for those who give faithfully every week, which is good. Awesome. Last week, uh, well, two weeks ago, we had our Vision Sunday. We talked about the roar of revival and talked about how um, heaven has a sound, according to Revelation, and the, and the sound of heaven sounds like the roar of a waterfall. And then it goes on to say that he could hear worship, uh, the roar of worship, basically, filling the atmosphere of heaven. And I love the fact that revival has a roar. And this year, we're just going to really step in more and more to the fact that us, as a church, we're graced to carry the roar of revival a loud, confident uh, grace, uh, fueled uh, presence, fueled roar of revival. And then last week we spoke on the blueprint of what that roar looks like. And so if you weren't here last week, get get our podcast. But we looked at Acts chapter 2 and what revival in the early church looked like. And we looked at the different roars that happen inside the church when God moves, when revival breaks out, What does that look like? Yeah? Yeah? And so when it comes to our church, what does the roar of revival look like? Well, listen to last week's message. Get your notepad out and have a think about it um, because God is actually causing us to rise up with the roar of revival. And yesterday I spoke to our pastors or the pastors who had gathered here and I spoke about the South Coast having a roar of revival and encouraging them that the roar and the river, the Bible says we have rivers of living water which flow through us, that often gets dammed up through things like disappointment, discouragement, um, unforgiveness, attack, familiarity, a whole bunch of stuff comes in and it stops the flow of God. But God wants you to know that you are a mighty 
river of the supernatural, of God's presence, and ultimately of heaven touching earth. Can I hear an amen? <clears throat> That's good preaching. That's very, very, very good preaching. So when it comes to who we're called to be as a house, we're called to be a place where we have an expression of heaven touching earth. Now, growing up, I, I, I used to think when I was younger, oh, yeah, make sure that you're a Christian so that one day you can go to heaven. Yeah, and now that's still what I think. But make sure, now I think, make, I want to make sure that I can actually encounter, as Jesus said, pray on earth as it is in heaven. You don't need to die to experience heaven. <laughs> you don't need to die to experience heaven. According to Jesus, pray. This is his will for us, that we would encounter the reality of heaven here on earth. But that starts in my heart, and that starts in my marriage, and it starts in my personal family, and then it overflows into our church, and it overflows into our community. And if we all take that personal responsibility to have a, a cultivation of revival in our hearts, heaven in our hearts, then guess what? We become all different um, rivers becoming a mighty force. And that is what's going to change a nation, a church that understands that they are a river of heaven, of God's presence touching earth. Let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to be and help us. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. And right now we take a moment just to open our hearts afresh. Lord, today we pray that we would just walk out of this place hearing a fresh word from you. And we also pray most of all that, Lord Jesus, that you are honored in this place, that your name is lifted high. I pray that we won't hear man's wisdom today, but we'll hear it, just the power of the Holy Spirit moving through the, your word today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. <coughs> Amen. So a few years ago, um, Charlie and I got to go to California and experience um, uh, an amazing thing, an amazing bit of God's creation. Um, and these things were, they're called redwood trees or redwood forest, also known as sequoia trees. Anyone seen redwoods before in real life? Redwood trees are the biggest trees on the planet. These trees get up to 400 feet high to the point where when you see them you can't, and you look up, you can't see the top. They are something to behold. They are amazing. Since then, we've had some other opportunities. Whenever we go to America or we're in, uh, on the West Coast, we make sure if we can get near the Redwoods just because there's such an amazing um, you know, de declaration of God's glory. So if you ever get a chance to do it, I've got a photo that I want to show of the time we visited the Redwoods. Um, no, wrong one. Uh, there's one with Charlotte. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Um, this is a redwood tree, and that is my wife. That's not me. That's, that's, that's Charlotte. Look how big the trunk of that tree is. Charlotte, jump up here for a second. Come on, jump up here. Now, I know you're a bit bigger now, but you still... It, she said that. She said that. I didn't, I didn't say that. I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh. Oh. She said, I'm bigger now. Okay, okay. All right. So just, just look at Charlotte. Now, just look at the tree. Can you just reenact? Oh, yeah. Great. There you go. Yeah, sweet. Thank you. You can sit down. Yeah, give her a hand. Why not? 
So in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we see the roar of revival outplayed in many ways, but one way in particular, in Acts 2.42, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Today I want to speak and actually want to do part two next week, which is going to be a bit of a creative service next week, so make sure you're here to... Who knows it's going to... It's not a magic show, just I don't want to... I don't, I don't want to yeah, produce a dove or something. I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> Today I want to speak about lessons we can learn from the Redwoods when it comes to community. The roar of community. Do you know that God created you for community? You're, you're actually, your DNA, even if you're an introvert here, part of you still needs community. <clears throat> that's, that's why, you know, we have things like marriage. It's community. We have things like the church. It's community. And what happens is health fills our souls when we do community well. What does the enemy try and do with a Christian? Before you see a Christian start to go off the rails a bit, what happens? They start to get isolated. At first, they start in their heads. They start to feel disconnected. They start to feel like no one cares. They start to feel like no one's checked in for a while. They start to feel like uh, they're alone. And before you know it, there is this slow um, drifting away from the herd, if you like, of sheep. Jesus calls us the sheep. And you see the sheep start to get by themselves because it's not truth. They're not working on community. And when the wolves come, what do they do? They isolate sheep and then they attack sheep who are by themselves. Anyone like watching those African wildlife shows where the lion is hunting and, okay, I'm such a wuss. I, if something's getting attacked, I have to change the channel. <laughs> it's weird because I enjoy like, other things like boxing and those types of sports, but I, 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 when it comes to animals attacking animals, I struggle. My wife has no issues, I struggle. And so when you watch those shows, though, you watch that... They will wait for that one antelope to get by itself. They'll wait for that one antelope or the one that's got a broken leg that's limping a bit and can't keep up with the herd, and then the predator will come in. We have to become people who are smart. And so I'm going to just put that call out today. Let's be a smart church. Another way to say it biblically is let's be a wise church. And today, I really want to encourage you that community is part of what keeps you safe. There are too many lone soldiers. There are too many, and I call them spiritual cowboys, that gallop around by themselves but have no revelation when it comes to the power of community. And there's a bunch of reasons for that. But God's heart for us, it says here that in revival, an expression of revival, it says they devoted themselves. Devotion's a very strong word. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Let me ask you the question this morning. Are you somebody who devotes yourself to fellowship? Or is fellowship just part of maybe it might happen, maybe it might not? Because if it's just one of those side thoughts, then you're not devoting yourself to it. It's just if it's convenient. No, no, no. When revival breaks out, you have to understand that you need to devote yourself to fellowship. So we come back to the Redwoods. 
Here are some lessons that I want to just take out of these amazing trees, these amazing things. The first fact is this, is that some redwoods are aged at over 3,000 years old. 3,000 years old, which means it was around when Jesus was around. It was around before Jesus was around. How incredible is that? Um, that, that, uh, that photo you put up before, Troy, if you could get that back up, that first photo. This is called uh, the Grizzly Giant in the Yosemite National Park. This tree, they estimate to be 2,400 years old. And it's still alive today. How amazing is that? that doesn't, it's hard to actually look at the perspective of that because the photo doesn't do it any type of justice. But there's this old majestic tree there, and there's many like that. And the thought is this. What we can learn from the redwood forest is this. Community causes us to be uh, people of longevity. If you want to last, get into community. If you want to last, get around other people. If you don't want to last, be isolated. Because who knows that when the storms come, when things go wrong, when you struggle, if you're by yourself, the percentage rate of you not lasting is much, much, much higher. But if you have other people in your corner, then longevity has a better chance of existing in your heart. Now, what does the Bible say about longevity? It says this. In James chapter 2, it says, says, um, be joyful when you go through trials of many kinds, Because the testing of your faith produces um, perseverance, which produces maturity. Perseverance means you keep going. There's many Christians around who act like babies because they never persevered through the trial. I'm preaching better than what you're saying, amen. He wants to be a mature Christian. Come on, talk to me. I do. I want to be somebody who isn't a take your ball and go home type Christian. Somebody is, I'm always offended, always upset, always a victim. There's too many people like that. I want to be somebody who actually puts my trust in God above my understanding, above my circumstance. But sometimes I need some redwoods in my corner. So if you want to have longevity, make sure that you're in community. And if you're writing notes, and I encourage every single person here to write notes because your brain, most of you aren't for photographic memories. So you will forget most of this. Write it down so you can study it at home so that you can get it into your spirit because this will actually set your life up. And this will set your family up. And it will set your marriage up. Can I hear an amen? It says this. It says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 25, It'll be up on the... Oh, no, this won't be on the screen. Let me read it to you, or you can turn there. Matthew 10, 25. It says, Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let me read that again, Matthew 10, 25. Church, don't neglect to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another... And all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
Why is it important that you get out of bed on a Sunday and come to church? Because there's community. Don't be a one every, once in every two-month Christian. And please, 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 if you have kids, set the example of we get up for church. We go get pancakes and we go to church and it's a happy day. Create good memories when it comes to your family. I'm thankful that my parents always made it. We, there was never an excuse of, oh, no, no, it's, it's what the, kid, the, the kids came to church. Yeah. We sat under the seats with coloring books. They made sure it was part of our DNA. Yeah. It's a powerful testament. And that's what we want to do for our kids. So make sure, though, personally, don't stop meeting together as some do. Yeah. Don't be the some that don't. Be the some that do. Thank you. Thank you. I thought Matthew sounded wrong. Thank you. The second thing is this, if you look to the screen. So just podcast-wise, Hebrews 10.25, not Matthew 10.25. There's another photo, Troy, if you could chuck it up, when it comes to Redwoods. Nope, nope, nope. Can we get some help? Yeah, thanks, Troy. This behind these, this family, that is a root system. <laughs> How amazing is that? The thing is about these trees, these trees are up to 400 feet high, but their roots only go down between 6 and 12 feet. How can a tree of 400 feet worth of height only have a root system that goes down sometimes only six feet? You heard me say it last week. You know how they do it? They actually entwine their roots with other redwoods. Their root system goes out 100 feet. And their root systems go out and it actually entwines with all the other redwoods all around it. And so you have these amazing trees that stand 400 feet tall that have this really shallow root system and they get their strength from the redwood beside them. (laughs) How cool is this? This is why I was waiting for the photo so you can see it. So when it comes to community, we have to understand something. That when we commit to community and doing community well, we become strong people. We are better together. And what happens is when the storms come, when the waves, uh, waves, the big waves hitting those trees, when the wind comes, when the lightning comes, when the, whatever it is hits, the trees will not fall because they find their strength in their community. Ooh, come on. Get this. If you want to be someone, a strong Christian, and I say this with so much love in my heart, get into community. Get involved. Be around. Don't just turn up to a Sunday and get in the car and I've done my duty. Bang. See you later. Stick around and build genuine relationship because you need it. I need it. We have Connect Group every fortnight. Today we are going out for a birthday lunch for Karen Curtis. We are going to go and eat some sushi and we are going to create some family memories. The senior pastors are committed to connect because we believe in connection. Make sure that you are somebody who connects well. 
Because if you want to be an oak of righteousness, if you want to be a strong, a strong, fruitful tree, as Psalm talks about, make sure that you are somebody who has your root system that goes out and connects and connects and connects and connects. You might have 20 people you're connecting with and they help you stay strong when the storm comes. Because I'm telling you, the storm is going to come. There are going to be times when you want to give up in your faith. There are going to be times when you don't want to go to church anymore. There's going to be times when the pastor offends you or somebody sitting next to you offends you or something offends you. I don't know. Who cares, really? But ultimately, who cares about offense? Because we're not about offense. We're about forgiveness. But community, community is what causes us to stand together. How cool is that? The third thing is, oh, let me, let me, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. How are we going bearing each other's burdens? Thank you, Jesus, for community. The third thing is this, if we can get this photo up, Troy, it's the fog photo if you have it there. Yes. You know that 40% of a redwood's intake comes from fog? The water intake. 40% comes from the fog that rolls in off the ocean. And in California, the oceans up there are very cold and it produces fog that comes in and these, these trees feed off the fog. How amazing is that? The lesson we have off that for me is this. You know in life when you feel a bit hazy, you feel a bit foggy, you can't really see where you're going anymore? You know when something hits you up the side of the head and you feel a bit dizzy? When some circumstance hits your life and you're like, oh man, I'm spinning right now? Hey, everyone has that. The power of the redwoods and the power of community is this. When you are together in community, it helps you see through the fog. The fog becomes your nutrition. It helps you see through the haze. You see, church, my heart for you, I don't want to see any more people slowly being picked off by the devil. I don't. I don't want to see people who are at church going well and then, oh, they haven't been here for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, two months, three months. Oh, they just slowly disappeared. And they never end up better. They just miss out on the blessing. I want to see a community that looks after each other. And we do this so well. You do this so well. We are getting better and better and better at just loving our church family and including new people into our church family. So thank you for that. But let's really just put our, our, our foundation down even more and be like, hey, let's together help each other through fogs. The redwoods, the fog isn't an issue because they just use it for liquid. And they say, oh, that fog to some might look like a scary thing for me as a drink have a bit of a slurp, a bit of a slurp, fog slurpy, bit of an enjoyment, and they actually grow through the fog. The fourth thing is this, this is really cool. <clears throat> I don't know if I have a photo for this one, Troy, but maybe I do. It's this, it's that redwoods have a really thick skin. A redwood skin or, or bark is up to 12 inches thick. Oh, there you go. Here's a little saying. A giant sequoia's guide to life. Have a thick skin, 
Stand up to the heat. Don't let things bug you. Heal your own wounds. Enjoy days in the sun. Strive for balance. Hold yourself up high. Thank you, Google Images. <laughs> these trees have these, this really thick skin. And it's, an, it's an amazing part of God's creation. And what happens is that one of the few trees that's very, very hard to infect a redwood because their, their skin is so thick. And then when fires come through, and you know California has some really bad fires, what happens is the fires can't destroy the redwoods because their, thin is, their, their skin is so thick. They have this, this, this ability to actually withstand heat and bugs and things to try and destroy because they have a thick skin. The thing is about community is this, is that when you're part of a great community, it actually causes you to have a thick skin. And it says this in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So in community, if you have good community happening, what happens is people actually help sharpen you through different things in life. They help you become better. And sometimes it's good to have someone in your corner because I know what it's like when you're going through something and someone gives you a bigger perspective and you might be stressing out in your head and you might be trying to work out something and, and a friend or a, a community, someone in your community says, but no, just, let's just look at the bigger picture. Let's just look at the God edge right now. Let's just try and work out what God's trying to do in this situation. Because I know what it's like to get stuck in here and so do you. We know what it's like to get discouraged. We know what it's like to, to feel like you've been under attack. And what happens is community causes you and helps you to have a thick skin. Yeah. You know what? A relationship shouldn't just be based on hearing what you want to hear. Yeah. You know that true love is actually done in truth. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're so blessed as a church because we have a teaching team here who actually speaks truth, even though sometimes we know it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I know some things I say are challenging, but that's okay because love actually does that. Love brings truth. Love brings growth. Love causes us not to be spoiled children. Love causes us to actually go, let's actually grow and become strong in who God's called us to be. And so when it comes to community, that friend who tells you something you don't want to hear but helps you be better, give them a hug. Don't give them an offense. Don't give them a response of, oh, well, you don't care about me. Maybe you need someone to be in your corner. Maybe you need that friend to tell you what you don't necessarily want to hear. Can I hear an amen? amen. Because that's what Christ does to us all the time. That's what the Bible does. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? The Bible says it comes in like, like a sword. And it divides between, you know, it, it brings truth. Listen, Charlie and I are on this journey, and we just decided we're not going to be the biggest people in our world. We're not going to be the ones with the biggest um, mindsets. We're not going to be the one with, you know, if we are the most innovative, biggest thinkers in our life, our world is too small. Yes. I want people in the room who actually think bigger than me, yes. who can help me grow, yes. because if I'm the one always giving the advice, then guess what? Who's going to cause me to grow? Yes. And for you, make sure that you have people in your life who speak truth to you in love, who encourage you. And when someone offends you, give them a hug. Because offense makes you grow. 
This is good, good, good preaching, I'm telling you. Because if you lay a hold of this, what happens is you keep growing in your walk with God. You keep growing. When someone challenges you, you have a choice. You reject it and you go, well, they don't understand. Or you say, God, I'm going to keep growing. You want people to cause you to be bigger. Next week, part of what we're going to be speaking about is is knowing who people are in God. You know, the best friends you could ever have are those who actually see your God potential and aren't afraid to speak into that. It isn't the ones who you have the most things in common with, although that's nice and fine. It's actually the ones who say, you know what, don't forget that there's greatness on your life. Don't forget that God has a purpose. Don't forget that you are greater and he is greater than your current circumstance. Don't forget that, because and, 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 we forget. Amen, good preaching. <laughs> Don't be afraid to have a thick skin. Don't be afraid to be hard to offend. You never want to be the one that's walking around offended. Offense is you being poisoned. And you'll keep drinking that poison. But you think someone else is doing it. You just, no, release the offense. Romans chapter 1 verse 12 says, it says that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I love that. The fifth thing is this. Redwoods soak up pollution. You know a redwood tree soaks up double the carbon dioxide that a eucalyptus tree does. And eucalyptus trees are amazing. And as Aussies, we love our eucalyptus trees. But compared to a redwood, it doesn't actually compare very well. According to research, coastal redwoods store more CO2 than any other forest in the world. They can hold 2,600 metric tonnes of carbon per two and a half acres, more than double the absorption rate of Australia's eucalyptus trees. I love this. I love that when it comes to walking with God, that often we have to realise that what the enemy meant for the bad, God will turn for the good for the salvation of many. What does the Bible say, church? The Bible says that he uses all things for the good. All things. Doesn't make sense most of the time or half the time. But what community does is it reminds us that when the pollution comes in, it actually isn't a game over. It's actually, hey, let's go to a new level. You know, carbon dioxide makes redwoods grow. (laughs) It's their food. The pollution comes in and it makes them go, let's go to a new level. And there's this amazing thing that happens with redwood trees that makes them powerful and strong. And as Christians, as believers, if you're a believer here, hey, when things come in, when trials come in, James chapter 2, it causes you to grow and mature. You see, guys, I'm so committed in my heart to seeing our nation touched by God. I'm so committed to seeing the South Coast touched by God. I do not want to play church. Yawn. I don't want to play church with well-mannered Christians. I want, to, I want to have a desperation that the reality of heaven would touch this place. I want to raise up Christians that have a very low offense um, uh, ability and a very high grace ability. 
I want to raise a church that is so great at loving each other and loving the community that it is so natural for us to cover each other's sin and offense and to rise up together and be people who stand out from the crowd. I will not play church. And when it comes to 2020, I want to encourage you that if you want to be healthy, getting into active community is part of your health. Is this okay? Okay, number six, last thing about the Redwoods is this. Redwoods create awesome moments. There's something about you looking at a Redwoods tree or a forest and going, I cannot... It's all right, Alicia, you can stay seated. It's all right, I'll call you up. Thank you. She's our piano player. And the Oski music starts, and then I've got to finish. So give me a few more minutes. All right, it's only five past. <laughs> we love Alicia, she's great. <laughs> uh. You know, the, the thing about healthy community is this, is that it's so rare, I'm talking about real healthy community, I'm talking about just getting together and having a barbecue or seeing each other when it's convenient. Or I mean, I mean, healthy, good, loving, forgiving, grace-filled, happy, joyful community is so rare on the planet that when it's done well, it creates awesome moments. And just like the Redwoods create awesome moments, awestruck moments, what happens is community, if done well, the world looks at it and says... Man, you guys really, really do care for each other. Let's, let's come back to the word. The word says this. It says, they will know that you're my disciples. By what? How you love each other. Not by how loud you sing in church. Not by how, you know, all these things we think are really important. Although I loved hearing your voices this morning. You sounded fantastic. It's by how... We, as the body, look after each other. And for some people here, you might be thinking, man, he's harping on about this. I've seen the dysfunction of church for 35 years now. It has scarred me. Christians, literally, have warped how relationships should be in my head sometimes. Because we profess this loving God, yet don't know how to love each other. And I grew up in church going, wait, you're singing about loving Jesus and you're gossiping in the courtyard? And as a 10-year-old kid, I'm like, what? I don't, you're singing about loving God and loving each other and then you're backbiting and, and, and attacking the pastor? You know, you're singing about loving God, but then you're, you're whinging and you're, you're not, and, and, you're, and it's like, what? And it warps your reality and your normal. And so I'm so committed in our hearts to go, let's redefine normal according to heaven. Let's, let's be great. I, I don't, honestly, church, I don't want to hear when you're offended about somebody else inside the church about something so small. Get over it. Love each other. Because the world is crying out for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. And they reveal when we know how. Jesus is like, I wonder if he sits there going, oh, I've given you, I've, it's so simple. It's so simple. And we think, oh, it's about, you know, it's about we're going to do this more and we're going to do this campaign more and we're going to go out and do this outreach events more. And Jesus is just like, just love each other. Just love, be good at loving, be good at loving. 
care, love, because, and by the way, we, the theory of it's great, but I'm talking about when it's tested when someone hurts you in church. When someone actually hurts you. When someone lets you down. When that person you hear is talking about you. When the person is, you feel is judging you or judging your new friend you bought. Who cares about them? I mean, okay, let's change that. We care about them. Let's love them. Let's cover them. But don't let that become your offense mechanism, uh, you know, thing. Let, let it be something that you go, you know what, we're going to be bigger. Because it's Charlie and I, you know what, I, my wife is the best and it's ever happened to me. A hundred percent. Our baby is going to be, I don't know, it's going to be up there. I, some might say it'll be equal. It'll be equal. Having a baby. I'm not going to say the sex. Don't worry. She's just death staring me right now. But you know what I've learned as a husband is how to speak to my pregnant wife and how not to speak to my pregnant wife. And I tell you, I have had days where I have been fantastic and I have been days where I have been a real idiot. I make it right, but I I don't realise that my wife, you know, when you're pregnant, you're going through hormonal changes. I can't go on down a road. I can't, shouldn't go down. But you know what I mean. Things are happening. She just needs me to be supportive. But the great thing about marriage is that we don't let that define our relationship. And we don't let our offenses define our relationship. We're, we're not, we're, that isn't our foundation. Our foundation is love. So we go, well, we forgive. We cover. We show grace. We, we go out of our way to, because the power of that relationship is greater, than any, that's more important than anything else. Because that's what love is. Is this okay? All right. We're going to come to a finish soon, but I love this. I love that in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, it says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there he is with us. Community creates awesome moments. Healthy community creates awesome. Why does it create awesome moments? Because when you connect in community, God's there. Where two or more are gathered, he turns up. How amazing is that? And who knows that when God turns up, the place becomes awesome. When God turns up, Connect Group becomes awesome. When God turns up, Sunday service becomes awesome. When God turns up, everything changes. And it says, though, I love how it says it. It says, we're two or more. We're two or more. So why is it important that we're in connection and community? Because where two or more are gathered, he will be there with us. If we're in gathering in his name, he goes some bonus round things. Community builds courage. Hebrews 10.25, the scripture I meant to say before, not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another. Encouragement. Encouragement is courage building. When you meet together, you build courage into each other. Yesterday we are praying for different people, different pastors, and I was just, for some of them I was just breaking off the spirit of intimidation. 
I was just like, we break intimidation right now. You will not be intimidated by that person in your church or by your finances or by that challenge, but you will be free and you will rise into all God has called you to be. And we stand together. And I tell you, people were just getting these massive touches from God because intimidation and fear will try and rest upon you if you let it. So we have to rise up together. How do we do it? We encourage each other. I love that. I love encouragement in Thessalonians, Thessalonians. It says, it says, think of ways to encourage each other. Think of ways to build each other up. Stir one another to good works. But we also have to understand something before we finish. We have challenges to community. Here are some really, really common challenges. I'm too busy. <laughs> I'm too busy, Vanaya. I'm a busy, busy bee. I can't do it. I can't meet with people. I can't go to connect group. I can't get coffee because I'm too busy. You're not too busy. You just don't prioritize it. Yeah? The second thing is this. Other people are too busy. That person is going to be too busy for me. They must have a lot on their plate. We hear it as pastors. You know, you, you, you just, we just think you're too busy. You know, maybe we don't want to be an inconvenience. No. If you are hungry to get connection, go for it. Fight for community. Because who knows, maybe that person isn't too busy for you. Maybe they're wanting connection. The third thing is this, challenges to community, not seeing its value. We actually don't believe in the value of community. We do it on paper, we do it on a Sunday message, but ultimately we don't actually prioritise it in our life. You know, you can measure what you actually value by what you prioritise. I've been around uh, the church long enough to know that there are many Christians who say to us, oh, we're with you, Benaiah, 100%. We can't wait, we're excited. You don't see him for two months. Well, that's great. You're not with us. If you're with us, you'll be with us, literally. (laughs) You see, it's important that we actually prioritise the right things. You know what's important in your life by what you prioritise. Therefore, maybe I encourage you to look at your priorities at the moment. Give in to things that matter. Give in to things that are going to have eternal significance. They won't just die when you die, but will go on past your death. And the fourth thing is this. We don't have community because we're fearful. And I'm speaking to some of the introverts in the house. We don't reach out because we're scared. We don't reach out because we are fearful, basically. And by not speaking and getting coffee and being uncomfortable, you know, you have to be uncomfortable sometimes for community. It's actually part of building relationship. You know, in that, there's a fear often to be vulnerable. That's a really big one for people because they were in Connect Group once or they were, you know, getting discipled once and then they got hurt. And now they don't meet with anybody and they don't have anyone. It's just me and the Holy Spirit. That's just, it's just us and that's all we need. And hey, he's gracious and he'll help you. But there's something really powerful about actually having community with other people. And so today, if you have any type of hurt when it comes to your experience with community, don't let that define who you are. Don't let that define your future. Don't let your past, your past define your future. Instead... Overcome your fear with action. And so lastly, as a church, 
How do we cultivate community together? Here's just some really simple ways. Number one, attend a connect group. Can I hear an amen? Attend a connect group. Connect groups are called connect groups because they're connection points. If you, if you ever come to church and you say, I feel lonely, the first response I'm going to have from now on is the same. Are you in a connect group? If the answer is no, go try a connect group. Go, go get into a family. Like I said today, about after the service, we're going out having lunch with our connect group. We're going to have lunch to celebrate someone, their family to us. It's a family moment. And what happens is it creates health in us, creates health in them, and we become healthy people. So go, go to a connect group. If you want to be in a connect group, speak to Claudia. She's at the back at the hello desk. Give her your name. She'll get you connected very easily. We have some amazing connect groups across all ages at our church. I'm not going to pump connect group too much. You can work it out from our website or talking to Claudia. Number two, start a connect group. In my 20s, I gave my 20s literally to, to youth ministry. I know. I, and I don't say that for my ego. I say it because of this. It was one of the, be- it's one of the best things I've ever done. I literally gave from the age of 19 to 31. Or f- I can't, <laughs> it's hazy, 30, 31. Hazy. I need my redwoods around me. You know, I had friends who finished school and they, they went the, and, and, and I'm all for career and all for amassing, you know, wealth and all that type of stuff. Got married and had kids and I was this like single guy in my, all through my 20s hanging out with young people. And on paper, I didn't have much to show for it. I didn't have the house. I didn't have the wife or the kids. I didn't have the car. But what I did have was this, I had this real full heart. I'm telling you, I just had this. And, I, and those Friday nights when you come out here and it would be full of B.O. smelling youth, especially in summer, where the glory cloud would hit you, but it wasn't the glory cloud, it was the B.O. cloud. And... There were seasons where I felt extremely lonely and all my mates were getting married and I was the best, you know, groomsman for six, seven different... I had so many cheap suits, I'll tell you what, from all these weddings I was in. But I was just so thankful because in that time, I didn't have much on paper, but I had a full heart. Yeah. And, I had, and I had people that I got to see grow. People like Pastor Joel and Alex who... Joel was, four, Joel was 14 when he joined our youth group. He was the one, I say, on the back row, smoking on the back row. That's right. He was in youth. He, was a, he wasn't really, but he was, he was Hallie Scholl and, 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 and the Thorpes. And, you know, they were little, they were my sister's annoying friends at school, literally. Then they came to youth and they became part of our youth ministry. And we had this amazing, I had this amazing sense of just, I've given myself to something bigger than me. And, and so when it comes to starting connect groups, the joy that that brings, it's also heartbreaking. 
You're helping people through life. There's highs and lows. People leave for no reasons, and it's weird. But then there's also the ones that you see amazing fruit with. I, I was just a young guy, 19-year-old back then, studying you know, in youth. I had no idea what I was doing. But it's okay. I had the Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage you in this place, maybe you need to start a connect group this year. Maybe you need to have that feeling of actually discipling a group of people well, or at least connecting them well. Open your house this year. Go out and get coffee. Start doing something that's going to build connection because the roar of revival is connection. Number four, heap simple. Stick around after a service. I've literally had people say to me, I feel lonely in church, and I watch them every Sunday. Last song, last praying for people, and they're in the car. Boom. It's 10 Ks an hour. They're gone. And then they complain that no one cares about them, they've got no friends, and then blah, blah, blah. And it's like, if you want to grow something, you've got to water it. You've got to to sow seed. You've got to sit down and ask about someone's life. Next week's going to be hilarious. I'm going to do some scenarios about awkward things I've seen over the years and interactions in church. You're going to love it. And basically, I'm going to, I'm going to teach our church, how do you speak to someone? I'll give you a key. Ask them questions about them. If you spend the whole time talking about you, yeah. It's like that first date show on TV. Anyone seen that show? I shouldn't recommend that show. It's kind of not very appropriate. First dates. It's a show about first dates on TV. Has anyone seen that show? It's hilarious. It's literally a whole restaurant with hidden cameras, people on first dates, and it is so awkward. It's just people coming. You're like, I can see why you're single. I can see why you're older and single, or I can see why you're young and single, and they just have the most awkward conversations. Oh, gee. So there's a key for you from Pastor Benara. If you want to make friends, talk about them for a while. Last one is this, just be intentional. And I, I say this with, with a really strong sense of conviction because Charlie and I, um, we have to be intentional about our community. Being pastors is very isolating because everybody is looking to you. And so it's hard because everyone's trying to draw it down, whether they mean to or not. We have a responsibility spiritually and that's part of what we do. Therefore, we have to work hard at meeting with people who are actually not going to be people we pastor sometimes. Charlotte went up and caught up with a a girl up in Kiama this week outside of the area. They they met in Kiama, and she was so refreshed because they could just sit there and just, it's not about church. It's just about relationship. And we work so hard at this in our life, and what happens is, I'm an introvert by nature, so if I'm not proactive in this, I get a, a little bit feral. Don't know if you feel a bit feral sometimes. I get a bit like, I get a bit isolated. I get a bit, a bit I'm in my own little cave, and it's not a good place to be sometimes, and I need to make sure that I get people who are connecting with me. So we have to be intentional, and we are intentional. And I say that to encourage you that maybe you need to be intentional too. Maybe you need to step out and make the phone call. Send the text message. When the person doesn't write back to you, send them another one. When they don't write back to you a third time, corner them at church. Hey, let's get coffee. If they say no, okay, move on. 
But, you know, let's actually be really proactive because in conclusion, here's the conclusion. When we understand the roar of revival, we become devoted to fellowship. And when we become devoted to fellowship, the world looks at how we treat each other and this is how they will know that we are his disciples, by how we love each other. And so today in this place, we're going to pray over the church in a second. If you are feeling lonely, God actually wants to cause you not to feel lonely. Yeah, thanks, Alicia. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. God actually doesn't want you to feel lonely. It's not his will for you to feel lonely. He wants you to feel connected. If you're feeling vulnerable today and you don't know who you can trust, that's a big one. I'm going to pray today that God would start to open your eyes to people who you can start to trust again. Because some of us here have been hurt by people who we trusted in church, and therefore we went, we're not going to trust anymore. Why don't we stand to our feet for a second? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come up here, Charlie. I'm going to say something about community. Just quickly. church. Oh, is this on? Yes. Awesome. Um, yeah, just on what Benaiah was saying, I just think we are better together. And as Celebration Church, that's one of our codes. You're never supposed to be alone. You're never supposed to be going through life on your own, fighting your own battles. Um, that is what church is. That is what God is. He is community as himself. He is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, he is modeling community in who he is. Um, so for us, I 100%, I love all of those analogies about the redwood trees. But just to reiterate that if he's modeling it for us, <laughs> it's a good idea that we take on that example and model it as well. And it does. It's, it takes effort sometimes. It takes us being intentional sometimes. But you're so much better when you've got people around you that are in your corner. I literally, just then, just talking about community, had a pastor, an incredible pastor lady, just messaged me then and she said, Charlie, I'm just asking for some prayer. I'm really struggling today. I'm feeling really low. Literally just then on the front row. Um, and I can say 100%, I'm with you. I'm for you. That's what community is. Like that's a, just a beautiful example of it just then. You don't have to be a hero. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to feel like, you know, you've, you always have to put on that fake smile and, you know, oh, it's all good, I'm all fine. Reach out. Be honest with people. Be real with people because that's when the power of community can really take place. Yeah. And healing can happen. Healing happens in community as well. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, that's good. We're going to pray of you in a second. I, I think our church... We have just, in the past 18 months in particular, the community side of this church has been so exceptional. 
And, and I've just, I, I've never seen it done so well ever that I can remember where you as the people of our church are connecting with each other. Um, you're chasing each other up. If there's people in hospital, it's not us sending people anymore. It's you lining up to go visit people and organizing cards. And, and it's like we find out later because the beauty of community is rising. And so this morning, I just want us just to, just again, just to affirm that and to say we will be a church who is great at community and great at inclusive community because like Charlotte said so beautifully then, um, healing happens in community. And so we want to believe that for more and more in our church. But hey, we love to pray for our church before we finish. Um, And if you need more prayer afterwards, come down after the service and we'll pray with you. But we do encourage you, if you're here with your spouse, to take their hand. Um, If you're here alone, if you want to put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you, if you're comfortable. Um, If you're not, that's okay too. The reason we're going to pray blessing over you this morning and send you out this week in the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' powerful name. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for this amazing group of people. I thank you, Father, that you are raising up a kingdom community. And I thank you, Father, that you are creating a community in this place that is genuine, that is heartfelt, that, Lord, will stand with each other. God, I thank you that there is strength that is rising in this place. And right now, Father, we pray for anybody who feels isolated or feels alone or feels discouraged. I pray that they would just um, cause those uh, redwood roots just to entwine with others. God, I pray you would open up our eyes to those we can connect with more. Father, I pray our church will be known as a church, that we love each other so well. Lord, that the world will go, wow, look at what God is doing. Let's be a part of that because we know how to genuinely care and be kind and look after each other according to your will. Father, I pray your blessing over every person here in Jesus' powerful name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. Have a great day. And we'll see you next Sunday in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.